Hello. Welcome to the Wake the Giant broadcast. I'm here with my friend, Chris Vanskoy, and we're just going to have a little conversation. I'm kind of practicing my gear for, uh, for the broadcast. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about how do you discern what God is doing through the coronavirus situation. So let me fade this down here. So hi, Chris. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Chris, Chris Vanskoy, and uh, here to talk with Alan about what the Lord's doing. Yeah, so we're going to have a little bit of a conversation. I was talking with Chris earlier today and sharing one of my life stories on how God is always doing something no matter how difficult things get. So I told them this story about um, my uh, middle daughter, Tiffany, and uh, when she was, uh, when we were pregnant with her, um, my wife and I went in for our 20-week ultrasound, and the doctor did the ultrasound, and then he got this really strange look on his face, and he looked at us and he said, it's gone. My wife, were thinking, my wife and I were thinking, what's gone? The baby's gone? He said, no, all the water is gone. And so he told us uh, that we needed to go see some specialists, and they did a bunch of tests. They said that we had something called ogliohydramniosis, which means no water in the womb. And they explained to us that that is really important because the baby makes the fluid. You can't just put fluid uh, in there. Um, it's very, a very specific fluid, and that the baby needs the fluid in order to, de- to develop lungs. So they said that you will give birth to a dead baby because it will be born without lungs. It won't be able to breathe as soon as we take it out of the womb. It will die, and probably you'll give birth to a dead baby. Would you consider terminating? And we said, no, thank you. We're not going to terminate. Uh, because we're going to pastor, we're going to parent this kid uh, as long as we can. Even if it's uh, two weeks in the womb and then it dies, we're going to be parents to this kid. And we had the elders come over and pray. And after they did, the fluid came up to about 50%. And the doctor looked at this and said, you might get a baby out of this. And so um, she was born fairly early at two pounds, 15 ounces, and had a lot of things to overcome, but we have a healthy baby out of the situation. And it was a very difficult thing to go through. Uh, but one of the things I remember telling somebody um, before, we, before she was born is that there are two ways to go through a situation like this. One is you can go through the situation and not get anything out of it, or you can go through the situation, discern what God is doing, and get something out of the situation. So I decided I wanted to get something out of the situation. And I, I started looking for, for anything that God was doing. And, and that outlook really brought me through that situation. Yeah. So um, we were talking about how that relates the, to the situation. Some of the situations with the coronavirus is um, God is always working. God is always doing something. Um, and so looking for that is important. Uh, it, to, it's, it's like looking at the situation through the eyes of faith. Because if you go down the negative, uh, negative path of thinking, yeah, yeah, that, I mean that's a spiral that can take you places you don't want to go. Um, it's so definitely it's, not going to lead to the Lord. No, <laughs> it won't. So it's it's important to have faith and to and to ask the Lord what He's doing. So I've been even asking Him, Lord, what are you doing with the church? I mean, the church uh, isn't isn't able to meet in buildings, um, and and some people are discouraged about that, especially people who want people to tithe. <laughs> um, are discouraged about that, which I think tithing did is important. Did you say that out loud? Yeah, I, I did. I did. Yeah. But I think tithing is important, and you should still tithe. I'm not saying that, but um, but uh, fear can creep in in those kinds yeah. of situations. And 
I think there's some things that really are good that could come out of this. For instance, um, people are having to meet in small groups. Right. So it helps to develop leaders. It helps to uh, people to grow in their giftings. And uh, people are going to online stuff. So uh, they are learning how to... Um, how to use equipment and how to communicate in ways that they might not have done right. um, without this thing. So and with people they might not have communicated with, with before. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, for that, I mean, just on that, that, that instance there, um, if it's forcing you out of your, your, yeah, no problem. Forcing you out of your norms. You know, it's easy to stay comfortable in things that we're comfortable with. And I think that's one of the biggest benefits right now and where I see the Lord moving it's built. Like you said, of the small groups, mm-hmm. different relationships with different people, because you don't really um, have the control to stay where you want to stay now. Yeah. The um, some people I've seen posts, they're realizing that the church is not a place or a building, right. but it's a people. Yep. So, I mean, how do I, uh, how do I love that, that person that I just, is the cashier at the, at the, you know, at the, the store, at yeah. the store, how do I, how do I, how do I speak life into them? How do I minister to them? How do I minister to my neighbors? Even if it's just more quarantine and I'm waving at yeah. them, you know, those kinds of things. Or how do I, um, um, I texted a friend last night and said, Hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. And, and, um, they, uh, it was perfect timing for them because they're they're They were going through a difficult thing with uh, one of their family members. And I, and I was able to pray specifically for that. So just learning how to reach out in, in different ways. Yeah, I really think it's it's like you said, um, discerning what God's doing and, and listening for trying to get in tune with him in this because it's it disrupted the flow of, of you know, our lives in every way. Uh, it's so easy to get up on mm-hmm. Sunday, go to church or, or go to whatever your normal pattern is and not even think about it and not really hear the mm-hmm. Lord. And so, like you said, what what do you, what are you doing, Lord? What do you want me to do in this? What what are you changing, and how do how do I be part of it? I'm I'm trying to look at the chat now. I'm kind of new to this uh, thing here, so uh, there's a people. There are some people that are logged on. Um, if I see a comment, um, if anybody has a try comment, I'll, I might try and read it here. Um, so. Anyway, so you have any thoughts on this on this thing here, Chris? While I'm scanning comments, yeah, I mean, for me, what I, what I've realized in this, like, I mean, you made some really good points there with the outside the four walls and everything. I was mm-hmm. pretty um, upset as churches closed at first because, like, people are afraid. Mm-hmm. And where do you go uh, when you're afraid? I mean, and I'm finding. Uh, heaven is on people's mind, you know, mm-hmm. eternity, like, am I going to die? And there's a lot of that. And I, I was upset the churches were closing, but it was exactly what you said. Wait, wait a second. Um, I don't need a church to minister mm-hmm. to these people. So mm-hmm. I, I, there was a shift there. Like, what, what, what do you want me to do, Lord? What, what, do, what are you telling me? And, you know, there's a reason I'm upset in my spirit for this. And it, and I begin to like, Look for people, look where the Lord was moving on their hearts, look for, listen to the Lord in that. And um, I, it's unbelievable the people that I'm running into and in, in talking with. The people, mm-hmm. e- I get an email question from somebody doing work. Uh, Can I ask you a, a religious question? Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I'm like, to me, that's the first thing I want to be asked. Like, work's mm-hmm. work, but 
and it, and it really led to a lot of, um, you know, the Lord really speaking in their lives. And it led way down a road that I wasn't expecting that day wow. and, uh, got to minister to them, um, really the gospel. And, for the first 300 years, I think it was of the church, the primary meeting place for the church was in houses. Yeah. So, I mean, I love big churches. I went to Jesus Culture Sacramento for five years. It's a great church. Yeah. I really, I went to uh, the Vineyard in Anaheim under John Wember. It was a large church. I mean, so I love large churches. So don't, what I'm about to say, don't hear as a criticism towards large churches, but we don't, the church doesn't need large churches to survive. No. I think they have their place. They're important. They can uh, provide often uh, some good apostolic input to the church and a lot of ministries that are much needed. But think about the church in China. I think the church in Iran right now yeah. is the fastest growing yeah. church uh, in the world, and they're not allowed to have big churches. So um, I think that there's something in this. There's a chance for the church to discover something. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. I, I mean, I think it wouldn't have happened mm -hmm. if we wouldn't be in this, right? Mm -hmm. we, we're not forced to really look at that and say, what, am I, what is church and, and what am I supposed to do? And like you said, for 300 years, how it grow, grew was <clears throat> in homes. I mean, most of those churches weren't mega churches. You know, mm -hmm. there was, you know when, you, when you look at them where Paul in, in, in was planting them and different things like that, um, it was about the people, about the relationships, you know, mm -hmm. in that and building that in, in each other, in the Lord. And so I think there's going to be a shift. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, a, a, a dramatic shift in a lot of things with that. Mm -hmm. um, I think the Lord loves uh, large churches, but he also loves small churches. They've done studies that a church, uh, one church of 100, actually one church of uh, of 200 will win fewer than two churches of 100. One church of 400 will win fewer to the Lord than two churches of 200. Right. And part of it is because larger churches uh, have to focus more on maintaining uh, uh, programs and maintaining uh, the, the, the building. Yeah. And so they tend to hire administrators and a lot of staff and it's not sometimes, not always. And I've been at, I mean, Jesus Culture Sacramento did a lot of outreach, so I'm not, I'm not complaining about, you know, large churches. But on the whole, when you compare them, the structures, small churches are, are tend to be more effective in reaching a loss because they're more focused on, on, on mission. Yeah. Um, not that large churches can't, but um, so my my point is that um, that uh, God loves small churches and some small church. Pastors and they and leaders feel like, you know, I'm just doing this small church, or I'm just doing I don't yeah. have a church in my area, so I'm doing a house church, and it's and it's not really valid. Well, those min, those ministries are just most valid. Are, are they're, they're valid in, in the Lord's eyes. Go, yeah. You were going to say something. Well, that, well, two things. I mean, one on that, I I I think um, we you go to school for ministry or if you're, if you're in that and you get pumped, the organizational stuff. And, mm -hmm. and yes, if you're running a, a large church, you have to have a lot of that. But for the most part, um, I don't think there's as many large churches as there are small churches. Mm -hmm. And then, yes. and, and so we're not to look at that because we, we're where the Lord is. And, and we have to always be focused on what he has for us and not our, the numbers and everything. Uh, one of the things I was going to say about the small church, I think it's Philip Bianti. He said in one of his books, he talked about, um, he talked about being in a small church because 
you know, he's a, a famous writer and everything in, he's in a small church of under 200, I think, but it causes him to interact with people he wouldn't interact with normally. Mm-hmm. It causes him to, um, uh, you know, have to rub shoulders in, in deal. It also causes you to have to deal with things and overcome things that you wouldn't deal in a large church. You could just avoid, cause I'm just going to go with the people that are like me. And that's, uh, not what we're called to do. And, and so, there's a lot of benefits to the small group in the small church, and it, it helps maintain that focus on on who we are and what God's doing in us. There's a couple comments here from Cheryl, Cheryl <laughs> Raquel. <coughs> Hello, Cheryl. Sorry. She says we need to get out of the religious system. It's about kingdom. That's true. People need to turn back to God, intimacy, a love relationship out out of that we serve Him. And she says where two or three are gathered. God is in their midst. Yeah. Yes, that's true. I mean, on, honestly, a lot of things, I, I think with, especially the larger church model, we end up going down the road of um, what do we have to do? You know, and it, it becomes about what we're doing and not about him. And a lot of people who know me would, they know what I'm going to say next. It's if you're not spending time with him and you're not intimate with him, and you you don't know what he wants you doing, then don't do anything because it's it's worthless. Whether it's a good thing or not, yeah, yeah. it's not it's not him. Um, I, another thing that occurred to me too is sometimes we get, especially as Americans, we get so busy. Yeah, we get busy, busy, busy. So during this time of, of quarantine, for those people that are in quarantine, this is a an opportunity to yeah. go deep. Yeah, uh, do some dive dive into the word uh dive into prayer dive into worship um it's a chance to strengthen yourself in the lord because i really don't think this personally that this is going to be a really long long event so um take advantage of that while while it's here yeah i'm holding on to the chuck pierce prophecy that after passover it's all gone yeah chuck chuck pierce did prophesy that after pass pat Passover that this thing would be over. So I'm, I'm hoping that'll be true too. When, uh, um, we'll see when you, you're talking about, you know, finding a way with the time. Um, I know I, and there was a time in my life where I went through some difficult things and I didn't have, I, I wasn't doing everything that I, I normally did. You know, things were being kind of broken apart. So, and it was difficult. So I started spending more time in prayer. Mm-hmm. That's really where I developed my prayer life and it radically changed my relationship with Christ. I mean, uh, that's when I begin to really see the spirit move and shift into seeing how how God moves in the spirit in in the, in that in uh, I wouldn't trade that for anything. So if you can spend time with Him, that's where you're going to see the things that you want to see. Yeah, just want to say hi to my buddy Wayne that's watching there. He's one of my good friends from California. And I'm seeing if there's anything else. If anybody else has any comments, write them in the chat. Um, and if, if as long as it's not heretical or, yeah. <laughs> or, or evil or something or, or, or spiteful, we'll share it. I can't help the way I look, so you're just going to have to leave those alone too. I think you look fine. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Okay. Well, um, do you have anything else? Or you wanted to, it was on your heart? Yeah. I mean, w- one thing for me that, that that's been on my heart is in this time, there's a lot of things that don't make sense in, in we opened up with it. What's God doing, mm. but 
sometimes it doesn't go the way we think it should go. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember that he's still moving. I was, I was telling Alan about Jeremiah. Mm-hmm. I've been really thinking about that. Here's a guy that literally had God touch his lips to put words in, in them. Right. And tell him he's a prophet, mm-hmm. but then he was beaten um, put in stocks, thrown in a sewer pit, basically. I think that's what it was. Um, and it, he's complaining to God in uh, Jeremiah 20, you know, like you, you're, you're letting all this stuff happen to me. You've left me like, why are you doing this? And it says, you know, basically he, he, he couldn't shut his mouth. He wanted to shut his mouth, but God couldn't let him because the fire in his bones. And, uh, you see that, in lamentations after all, after Israel, uh, Jerusalem's um, shut down and everything, Jeremiah's they think was out on a hill watching the end of it. He's watched his people. All they had to do was repent and turn to the Lord and everything would have been fine. The Lord said over and over again, just repent and I'll, I'll get rid of these guys and they wouldn't do it. And they ended up, I mean, it was bad. They were eating dead bodies over human feces as fire is what it says in there. And, uh, he said, he, and he's listening that out in Lamentation. He says, and he remembers the Psalms and he says, therefore I will hope in him and remembering what it's about. Like no matter what we think it, it looks like or how bad it looks, God's still moving yeah. and it's still about him and our hopes in him. It's not in toilet paper or, <laughs> yeah. or the, even, even the, yeah. Or our organizational systems or even in, in the, church the physical church per se our hope is in him yeah um and now it's it's never a a a bad time but it's i would say there's never a better time than now to get right with god if you're not right with right so basically how you get right with god is you just pray and you say uh lord uh forgive me and you just you come into relationship with him and you say um Lord, forgive me from forgive me for my sin, and I accept. If you have if you haven't known Jesus, you say I, I accept your work on the cross, and I give my life to you, and you choose to follow Him. So that word repentance that He said is um, some. A lot of people associate that with condemnation, judgment, yeah. um, and a lot of negative things. Well, actually, it's really a positive word because it just means I'm choosing to live a healthy, godly life. I'm choosing to to uh, turn from things that have been harmful and, and, uh, and come into grace. And grace is really the empowering presence of God, him coming in and enabling you to live for him and live in ways that are healthy and kind and good. So when we, when we say repentance, we're not talking about, I mean, yeah, I do believe that, 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 that we will all, including me and, and Chris here, be held accountable for, for our lives here on earth. I do believe that there is, you know, there is judgment, but uh, repentance is turning to grace. Does that make sense? So it's, yeah. it's a really a positive word. It's just saying, hey, God, I want what you have for my life because your plans are better than anything I have. They're, they're better than, uh, you know, the, just, I mean, the, the scriptures say, taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. And so That's uh, it. I, I would say uh, I've tasted and my relationship with him is better than anything else. Um, his presence is better than anything else, right. um, and and that's what I I want to live for him in and in, in his presence. Because you you like you started off with the story about your daughter, and in and, and God's always working in things. Mm-hmm. And after you've gone through so many of those things, 
there's no convincing anyone who's gone through that mm-hmm. with the Lord and come out on the other side that the Lord isn't good. Yeah. You know, I've been th- the things that go, but this and that, he didn't stop this. Yeah. But he, he, re- he remained faithful the whole time. It's good. Different things. I mean, um, I was talking to someone really close to me in this situation who's went from being hard towards the Lord mm-hmm. to, and I don't know how, but we got on the prodigal son and, and the person said to me, um, well, what if the son does it again? I said, the father would forgive him again. What if he keeps doing it? I go, how many times do you think he'll stop? The, the, the son will keep doing it when the father keeps forgiving him. How long will it take for the son to realize how much the father loves him? And it's, it's that grace that brings us through so much, you know, that we're not, we don't have to be perfect. I don't think there needs to be a fear of that. But when we come to the father and really realize what he's doing and how much he loves us, and he's always trying to grab us, man, like even in a pandemic and craziness, people fighting for toilet paper and stuff, the Lord loves those people. And he's trying to reach out to everyone. If we could realize that, it's a lot easier to, to repent and give up the things that are boneheaded. Yeah. I, I, I'd have to do that from time to time. That's, <laughs> that's a normal thing for normal people. Um, all right. Anything else? No. Um, good, so I think man. we're going to, uh, probably sign off here. Um, my name is Alan Garrett. This is Chris Van Scoy, and I'm going to be doing something called the Wake the Giant broadcast. Uh, I've created a Facebook page for it, but eventually I'll turn it into a podcast and have a website and uh, it's just on my heart to start doing things like this, bring people like Chris in for conversations um, that are kind of God-centered conversations and just see where it leads. Uh, anyway, so I'm, I'm practicing. I'm, I'm learning my equipment. This is, prob- this is the second broadcast I've done. It's the first one I've done was just another person. It's an amazing setup, too. Yeah. It's, it's so... Um, Anyway, so uh, if you're interested in, if you enjoyed this and you're interested in more things, hop on over to the Wake the Giant broadcast page. Um, I'll repost this over there and uh, there's more to come. So I'm going to play my exit music. I'm going to get fancy. (laughs) This has been the Wake the Giant broadcast with your host, Alan Garrett, and my friend, Chris Van Scoy. So until next time. We will see you later.